Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChampaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello everyone and welcome to Heart and Hand Rangers Podcast. My name is Cameron Bell, I'm your host on our extra show as always and it's a privilege to be speaking to you today and it really is a privilege for me because I've got two of my most favouritest guests on that I can have in the build-up to an old firm Scottish Cup semi-final weekend. First of all, I've got Mr Simon Halloran. Simon, thank you for joining us today. Evening Cammy, thanks for having me on as ever. And also Mr Grant Sneden. Grant, thank you for coming on. Evening, Cammy. Evening, Simon. Thank you very much for uh, letting me part part of this show. Yeah, um, it's good to have you both on. Um, Rangers have went from Aberdeen's Cup final last weekend to the actual Scottish Cup semi final in uh, this Sunday coming. So, Grant, I'll kick off with you. I suppose the, the, the kind of big question that's on everybody's lips is: uh, we are recording this on um, on Thursday. Uh, we haven't yet had a, an, an injury update, but of course that will do- certainly dominate the the news and everyone's expectations of it going forward. Um, our, our main uh, metric has obviously been the Aberdeen game. Uh, I, I'm, I'm very, very disappointed in what I saw. Uh, Petodri last Sunday, have you been able to to calm down from it and, and collect your thoughts in terms of what it, it could do for the build-up for, for Sunday coming? Um, yeah, I was very worried going into the game. I, sh- I shared my thoughts with you all that I was worried going into the Petodre game because what we were witnessing was a decent run of form by Aberdeen, as you mentioned uh, in the intro, Cami. It's always their cup final when they come up against us, especially at Petodre. So I was worried going into the game because realistically they have everything to play for. Our league forum is basically dead rubbers now with that one one away from the league. So it was a wee bit worrying going into it. I did fear the worst. I didn't 
think it would go as badly as what it did. Mind you, that's a different story altogether. But since I've had the opportunity to calm down, um, it really is a tale of missed chances. If we take, especially the Sakala chance in the first half, you are talking about a different game. So it's down to how ruthless we can be and the worry for me, and I don't know if this is something that you guys share, is that we aren't ruthless enough when it matters. Um, yeah, listen, I think that's I think that's perfectly fair. Uh, you know, I could throw some, um, some other words in there, such as we're not efficient enough. I think Simon, um, you know, as we as we have went through obviously the Aberdeen game and and, and watched it back and and. You know, we've we've discussed our failings, and there was plenty of them and stuff as well. The hope was that we would have been able to put Parkhead out of our mind in terms of where we could have done a hell of a lot better. That didn't happen because, you know, I'm not willing to accept the fact that there obviously was some fortune around. Certainly, the first Aberdeen goal. But yeah. the bottom line here is that you know you make your own luck. You you look at being able to, um, you know, put uh, put those chances away. We had, to my mind, at least three or four chances that absolutely should have been finished, and you know we were we were the masters of our own downfall. So, as much as we can talk about being ruthless, I think efficiency has to come into it. And I think that when we are looking towards a team, and I'm gonna I'm gonna call this for what it is. Sunday is the final, right? If you can win on Sunday then as far as I'm concerned, irrespective of who happens to win on Saturday, you are going to, to, to win that Scottish Cup, barring a major, major problem. There's a, there's a chance here for us to be able to try and, and, and finish the season in somewhat of a high. My hope was that we could have shown um, some improvement of that against Aberdeen at Pataudry, and it just failed to materialise on a number of fronts. It did. I was on the post match with, with David at the time and Ross, and that's what we kind of all surmised was um, a missed opportunity to build some form after Celtic dropped a point, just to to try and keep on their coattails a wee bit in the league and just push on a wee bit further, just to get the heads up with a bit of confidence going to this next game. And to be honest, I didn't see it coming. I said that at the time. I felt yeah, we'll probably go on and, and win two or three one up there. Um, but no, Aberdeen, you could tell after the first for a couple of minutes, well, not a couple of minutes, after the first couple of missed chances from ourselves, that it wasn't going to be our day. Sakala on another day might bury that chance, although um, that remains to be seen. If he gets that type of chance at the weekend, um, I wouldn't put any money on him scoring it. Um, but no, uh, that first goal, as you say, for scales, complete freak goal. Second goal was us all over. Just that all at sea defence, Davies and um, Bonabarisic at the back post, just failing to, to track Miofsky. And he gets in there and buries that header. So, yeah, uh, I'm hoping we've used the whole week on the training field to to sort out a solid defensive unit um, this week to try and cut out those easy goals because it's always the same type of goals that we lose. Most of it's all our own doing. I would think with a whole week of training that they can hopefully finally nail this out their system once and for all. See, it's interesting because if you rewind the tape and we go back yeah. to this time last week, we were all talking... Um, in our respective group chats, so on on various forums, we were talking about it on on our Patreon site uh, through the number of pods throughout the week. That the build up for the Aberdeen game was really talking about who, if fit for selection, right? Because we obviously we've had some key injuries, which we'll talk about in just a moment. But if you're fit for selection and you're you're able to be considered, this is your opportunity now to put yourself into that into that mindset of the manager to say 
you know, I, I have now will use the game against Aberdeen as, a, as an opportunity to get onto the park. You may not start, you might, you know, you know, you might not be in contention for for a start a living space, but at least a space on the bench and I can do things. And I think a number of players failed within that regard. Um, I think we're now at the space and I think, Simon, I'll stick with you on this one because I think you and I are on a, 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 certainly, a, a, you know, the, the, the same thought process that, you know, guys like Alfredo Morelos. If you've got Alfredo Morelos and you can get Ryan Kent in there, there are big focus areas across the course of the season as to where or not they would stay or they would go. I think the mood music now from around the club, I think that the sentiment from the fans, pretty much everybody involved, the situation now is that the two of them can leave and we would be okay with it as a support. I think we would survive as a club, we would take it from there. And my hope was that although, you know, the younger Alfredo Morelos, the slightly more immature Alfredo Morelos, when he's went up to Aberdeen, he's he's been deliberately targeted um, by both our players and our fans. And my thought was he, he could show a bit of teeth, he could show a bit of grit within this. I didn't see too much of that at all. And I think that that has been the final chapter, I think, really, of his Rangers career. This coming up on Sunday, for him, for Ryan Kent, and maybe more of them, it really is the last dance for them. Yeah, it doesn't. This is as bad as it is to say this. So this game coming up will probably define a lot of the players, um, outgoing players, and how we see them going forward. I've seen stuff like over oh, stuff which guys seem more sick of them and whatnot. It's not got, got quite to that level for me. That that we're at twenty twenty sixteen sort of seventeen team um, was at the time, but yeah. Um, and I can see a lot of fans' views on that, but no, it's a last chance, last dance, as you say, for the two of them. Uh, Kent and Morelos, I think we're kind of accepting, yeah, both have gone. They've done as a turn in the past. This season, it's just not happened for them whatsoever. Um, Kent especially, I still think he might have one big performance in him, but I really hope that it's this weekend. Morelos, he's got to need to play. There's nobody else up there. I don't know about Cholak's fitness. I wouldn't even start him against Celtic anyway, to be brutally honest. So you're hoping for a Morelos turning back the clock three and a half years to December 2019 and hoping that he can and put in that sort of performance that he did at Parkhead that day because that was really the last time he, he, he stood up and be counted for me in a Rangers shirt longer term. Um, he's done a handful of games here and there, European games, a couple of games in the league when we won 55. But apart from that, it's just been he's been on a downward trajectory now for about two or three seasons. Um. There's a, there's a lot of players who owe the fans a hell of a lot this weekend. Um, Defence, you're, you're talking about Ben Davis as well. Can he turn up if he's going to start? Lundstrom in midfield, I'm assuming he's going to play as well. For me, he's so far off at this season. Um, and I believe he knows it himself with the way he's been talking in the media uh, the last couple of weeks. So it's it's a big one for us. Players will be departing the club. It's needed. A clean break for, for everyone is needed for the players, for the club, for the fans. It will come. Um, if the right players go out the door is a question for me. I, I still worry that Michael Beale's going to hang on to one or two that, that should really be out the door uh, this summer. And is there anyone in particular that you can think of that you'd be happy, I suppose really happy to see, stay happy to see leave? Who do you think is going to be your key players for, for Sunday coming up? I mean, who's going to make the difference? Let's go... Let's let's hope, right? And again, like you say, we're recording this before we're, we're we're fully confirmed with it. But let's hope that we're going to sit here and say that Connor Goldson is fit and available. Connor Goldson has to play. 
for these players who may be leaving us pretty soon, we need to think about how much we can get out of them. What's the tune that we can get out of them at this stage now? Yeah, there is. A, a, I'm trying to think that the ones that's leaving, three of them are probably going to start, and Alan McGregor, Ryan Kent, Morelos, so they, they'll start the game. James Tavernier's a big one for me this weekend. He's obviously going to be up against Maeda. I, I don't want to see Tav being pushed back as often as he has been in recent games eh, up against him. It's time for him to stand up in this game again. I know he did in the last one, eh, the 3-2, but for me, especially games at Hamden, he should be tearing up that park. He's got it in him to, to really damage Celtic, as we've seen last year um, in the Cup semi-final. That day, I felt Tavernier was fantastic for us. So I'm just hoping he's a big game player for us. Midfield, eh, Raskin, I'm assuming he's going to be fit. The, the question mark is who's going to partner him in there. Um, that That's a big one for me because... It's really looking like Lundstrom just now. Has he got it in him? The last semi-final last year, he was outstanding when he was going through his purple patch. We've just not seen it at all from him this season. So, yeah, big calls all over the park. And I wouldn't like to be Michael Beale uh, over the next 24 hours, 48 hours, because this is probably the biggest decision of his um, Rangers management career so far. Because this game, even though it won't define his uh, management career at the club, it's going to define a lot of these players, as I said. So, yeah, big decisions to come, and, and I really hope he gets it right. Yeah, Grant, I think that there's there's definitely something to that where, you know, I think that you know you've heard the sentiment from Michael Beale. You've heard the fact that, um, you know, he has he's he's kind of flirted with some of the language that he's used with regards to what we're talking about. He's mentioned rebuild before. He's now talking about a revamp. I suppose you can call it whatever you want, but he knows that you know a big change is required. Uh, you know, well or not, you could get to the actual stage of truly clarifying what a revamp or a rebuild means. Are you talking about five players? Are you talking about twenty players? You just you just don't know. There's also, and let's be honest, right? There's a an expectation of realism that we have to have in there because you're not going to be able to have the kind of level of player out with it, and we are. You know, we're passionate about it, right? We're borderline stupid about it because it's our football club and logic tends to go out the window whenever you're talking about these things. That's why we have such a, a scorched-earth approach to this when we lose at Pataudry, when we narrowly lose old firm league games, etc., etc. But the manager also has, you know, he's not fooling anyone. He knows the fact that there has to be changes. Is the Scottish Cup for him, you know... I'm not saying for a single minute Rangers can just simply ignore tournaments per se. But let's face it, nothing's going to change whether we win the Scottish Cup or not. What he needs to channel into is the desire of the players to be able to leave the club with another, for some of them, with another Scottish Cup winner's medal in their pocket. Or, you know, it's just a case of being able to try and turn up and, and, and hope for the best. No, I was listening to what Simon was saying there and I fully agree with what you were saying in regards to it will define how the fans view a lot of these players, especially in the short term if they go on to leave the club in the summer because this team has a perception, whether or not it's fair is up for a different debate, but they have a perception of not being able to be counted when it matters. They've lost quite a number of big games, cup finals, um, cup, cup semi-finals, important league games as well. So it will go on to define quite a lot of their Ibrox careers. For Bale itself, it, it's important that he, he wins on Sunday because it will 
again, fairly unfairly give an opinion of the fans of his suitability for the role going forward and being able to wrestle this apparent dominance that Celtic have over us at the moment. It was barren last year's Scottish Cup semi-final. was the last time we beat them, August of 2021 in the league, the Philip Hellender goal. Yeah. So it's a lot... It's a long way back to record a victory over Celtic, given the dominance that we had over them in the 55 season. That power shift has swung so drastically in such a short period of time. So the squad definitely do owe us this one last hurrah of showing that they can actually stand up when it's counted. Um, The selection is... Obviously, going to come down to injury, especially in defence. We know that, um, so we'll just see how that plays out over the next forty-eight hours in regards to the updates that we have. But the, I don't think that he will be taking this game lightly. He will see this as an opportunity to sh- show to the support and to the players who he is going to hopefully get incoming over the summer that he has the ability to build Rangers into a force. And I think he goes back to see the final six months cameo of the 06 07 season when we started off with Paul Glenn and then we ended the season with Walter coming back. It goes back to that season as well. You could see how important the old firm victories were in that season for going on to the 07 08 and then the following campaigns and that. Stuff like that matters, uh, even though in the grand scheme of things, in terms of lifting the shiny things at the end of the season, it doesn't matter. It matters for putting down a marker for next season, so this realistically is his last opportunity to make it meaningful. And, and listen, you know, Simon, I, I do want to pick up on a great point that Grant's made there, because I think that if you remove... And it's weird to say this, right? Because we're in the situation now, as bizarre as it sounds, because let's face it, the league game at Ibrox now against that lot, it's going to be a dead drop. And it will matter not a jot. No. Um, I think in a worst case scenario on Sunday, if we lose, then I would be a huge advocate of being able to try and get in as many youngsters as we possibly can for the remaining league games, just to give them a bit of experience in the first team, is my honest gut feeling. It's almost like what Walter used to do back in the nine row period when the league was won yeah. with a few games left to spare and you saw guys like Craig Moore and Charlie Miller been able to try and come through and get a, a few games and stuff. So let's stay positive though and let's let's think positive and, and, and hope for what we can. But I think that to Grant's point there's a there is a element of this where it will I think service really, really well that if you remove the context of us potentially winning the Scottish Cup. If we if we get through the semi final, and that's with due respect to Falkirk and Inverness, right? But to be honest with you, they'll be thinking exactly the same. I think that they will be, um, you know, struggling to feel any kind of confidence playing whoever they're going to be playing in the old firm when it gets to the final. The bottom line now is that we have to be able to use this, in my opinion, as a as an opportunity for the manager to say, you know, I'm not going to be kowtow to Celtic, I'm not going to be afraid of him, I'm not going to take this into next season even if he beats them in the league in the final game, I don't think he gets that credit because Celtic would just turn around they'll probably play youngsters themselves it'll be, like I said, it'll be pretty much a dead rubber 
been able to do that in the Scottish Cup semi-final, I think gives us a positive note to be able to end a fairly poor season on and then gives us faith that we go through the rebuild, the revamp, whatever he wants to call it, but there isn't this mood music around the 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 fact that, you know, we we see and hear that, you know, Postacoglu's got his number, blah, 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 what have you, because I, I don't believe that for a minute. I think he's playing with a, a, a group of players who have more than ran their course now. So he needs he needs the time to be able to try and make those. Now I'm not saying for a single minute that and, and listen. Feel free to go back and and listen to the, the the shows after the League Cup final. I'm not saying for a single minute that Beale has not made mistakes. I think you know we've all said that. I do believe that he is learning from them, and that's mm-hmm. the most important thing. But he needs to be able to get this, as Grant says, just to be able to maybe exercise a demon that seems to have been creeping up on him recently. Yeah, absolutely. You're, you're spot on in terms of that, that he's got to find a way in this game especially. Um, I would say the team selection of the League Cup final, we can go back over and over that because the way they set up that day, we, we kind of showed a bit of fear uh, towards him as we did. Um, I know that we're, the way that we're building up to this one is, is it's an all or nothing game. Um, what I would say is for Michael Beale, it's, it's one where he's not getting much selection. Um worries to go he's got he's got selection worries to go on, but he's not got much to go on up front midfield. So the key areas are decimated. Um it's all about how he how he works around it. This is where his his tactical ability comes into the fore. Has he got it on him? I do believe he does. It, it might not come in this game. Um but in time it's definitely going to happen for him at Rangers. I've got no doubt about it. This one might just come a little too soon. It's all in this team selection and how he how he plans to work around it. Well, Grant, let's come back to a, a, a point that we just mentioned earlier on as well, because it's not just about team selection, because I think Simon is right there, but there's also a huge part of that where it's about, I mean, we talked about being ruthless, we talked about being efficient. I think what we saw in the, the old firm game at Parkhead and then also what we saw against Aberdeen um, is that we have to be able to take chances. I, I think, you know, and again, I want to try and remain positive on this, that there were good opening um Presses from from Rangers, it's got better um, against Celtic. I don't think that they've controlled as much of the game from the start. And our problem has been we've failed to capitalise on chances. We've failed to capitalise on mistakes made by them. Um, and, and, and again, as I said, I don't want it to sound dead archaic, but we've there's been times where we've had to practice a little bit more of the dark arts. And what I mean by that is, you know... I think I said to you boys at the time watching the the, the league game at Parkhead, Carter Vickers gets booked in the first, mm-hmm. you know, opening, opening. I think it was seven minutes of the game or something. And I said, we will now not go near him for the rest <laughs> yeah. of the game. And As it we proved didn't. to be the case. <laughs> yeah, we didn't. So it's things like that that we just have to get better at, in my opinion. And ultimately, it's on players to make sure that when those chances are presented, because they will be so few and far between, we have to be able to make sure that we're finishing those chances off, that we're, we're, we're taking the absolute benefit when they're afforded to us. Oh, no, absolutely, because ga- games like the old firm games are often defined by individual moments, whether that be of brilliance or negligence and a mistake. And we've seen that at the league game at Parkhead, where two absolute 
calamitous defensive errors have ended up costing us, whereas at the other end, we've missed some really key chances at key moments in the game where the momentum was in our favour. If those chances are taken, then again, as I was talking about with the Aberdeen game, you could be potentially talking about a different scenario playing out. So we have shown that we are capable of getting into those positions, into those spaces in the game, but it's all about the execution. And that, for far too long, is where we have found out. How often have we said throughout the last couple of seasons that we lack someone with a natural finishing ability? Now, we've had Kemar Roof, of course, but you can't rely on Kemar Roof's fitness and never have been able to, never will be able to. Unfortunately, that is just who he is as a player. So when you look at Morelos, when you look at Sakala, they're not natural finishers. If they go through one-on-one in terms of too much time to actually decide what to do, do you fancy them scoring? Nine times out of ten, the answer is no. Whereas if you look, if you go back to the last Old Firm game of last season, the 1-1 draw at Parkhead, Sakala's goal is an absolute finish, but he misses the easier chance at 1-1 to win the game. So that's where we fall down as a team in terms of being able to execute those key moments. So that will be crucial on Sunday. We need to execute these key moments. We need the concentration at the back because... Let, let's all face it, we all expect Celtic to create chances. It would be unnatural not to think that in a game of this magnitude. So it's the, it's their cup final as well, Cammy. We talk about it as our cup final, but they'll come into the semi-final with the same realisation that we do, that if they win this, then they ultimately secure a treble. So it comes down to us to show that desire that we won't let this happen. But at the same time, it's not about stopping them. It's about what it does for us, what it does for our confidence. So, yeah, I've, we've said it already. We'll see it again throughout the show. But our performance is going to be key on Sunday and how we approach the game. Simon, is there, a, is there an element of that where, you know, as we talk about that, However you want to phrase it, the accountability, the responsibility, however you want to be able to try and do it, who's who's taking the ownership and, and been able to try and do this? Is that on the players, do you think? Because I listen, no one listening to this, no one, you know, looking at this Rangers team, and, and, and I've used the phrase a couple of times, you know, in previous shows, Simon, where I've said, you know, we've fallen out of love with them. And it has been a love affair, right? It's, you know, we've talked about 55, we've talked about Seville, we've talked about, you know, the night against Leipzig at Ibrox, those things, right? And even for players who have fell out of form and fell out of, uh, you know, the, the favour with the fans, right? Because yeah. of performances or, you know, lack of, of of hunger or desire or whatever you want to call it. I, I think it's a fair criticism. I am not a huge fan because I just, I think sometimes it sounds incredibly self-entitled to say, we are due this. As fans, we are due this. But I find myself saying it more and more as we talk about this this group of players. Is the responsibility now on these players to turn around and look at each other and and challenge each other to find the focus and the strength, all the things that we've just spoken about there, and hold each other to account and say, we have to do this. This has to come from within. Whether you're leaving in a month or you're just wanting to be able to try and, and 
you know, get into the team as a newcomer and find out what this is all about. Ultimately, it's on us as a group to make sure that we do absolutely everything that we possibly can. I mean, I, I think I think sometimes we'll get a bit sentimental with players. I don't know if I'm fully on board with this idea that if we don't win it and Alfredo Morelos leaves, for example, that fans all of a sudden would then remember him as, oh, well, he's the guy that allowed Celtic to win a treble in his last season or whatever. I think that we'll romanticise it. We always do that, right? Mm-hmm. But again, there is that opportunity for these players to turn around and go, think about your think about your legacy. Think about how you want to leave this club. How do you want to do it? And, you know, Grant, right, it's not about Celtic winning a treble. It's about us putting something on the board that we can build on for the next group of players. The group of players who will be here July, August, and those that are not yet even part of the group. Yeah, no, you're spot on. There's only so much the manager can do in terms of setting them up and once they walk over the, the line, so to speak, it's all on the players and, and that's where your senior leadership group comes in, Tavernier, Goldson, Lundstrom, even guys like that. They've got to take that responsibility, look each other in the eyes and say, right, let's go for one more time. Can we go up for this? We've seen the, the game against Celtic at Parkhead. They did stand up. They were 3-1 down. They still fought to the end. They came back. Um, ultimately, wasn't good enough on the day. The game, the two each draw at um, Ibrooks, I felt, yeah, massively unlucky that day. But the game plan was spot on. Bill had the press, but apart from the first. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 15, 20 minutes. This, the press was spot on. Um, and that's where Celtic make a lot of their errors. And that we should take heart from that. See if we can press them high. Keep us right to, up to heart. Useless with the ball at his feet. If we can get right onto him. Their defenders, they're quite panicky at times with bottle feet. Starfelt especially, we've seen that at Ibrooks game as well, even the game at Parkhead. So yeah, all hope's not lost and the players have got to take heart from, they are good players, they're a good, they were, they are, they are a good set of players as well. So there's always hope to win this game. It's just a bit of belief they need. And I would say nine times out of ten, the team with the most belief on the day will win it. Um, it's all about the heart and endeavour, and that's what I want to see on Sunday. I want to see guys like Lundstrom, the, the performance he put in last year in the semi-final, putting Celtic players up near like Callum McGregor and Hitati after five, ten minutes, showing a marker, showing that you're there for the game and doing your, your utmost to make sure we go over the line. If we can do that, half the battle's won already, and I'd like to see his stamp out of it early in the game. And I, For some strange reason, I think we will. <laughs> it's not strange, my friend. It's just your it's your optimism. It's why yeah. it's it's why I love having you on this so that we can talk about why we're gonna win it rather than just being the doom and gloom. Yeah. Um Grant, I think that you know, Simon talks a little bit there around the idea of how do we get into a space where we see players that understand the depth and the breadth of this and stuff as well. And and for what it's worth, I do think that, that legitimately exists. There is a an element of it, though, where if I was Michael Beale, what I'd be saying to players, and, and you know, and Simon's just made that point around, we get into creating these chances, we we generate these opportunities. What I'd also be saying to players is, and you know, I'm not necessarily wanting to just purely pick on fashion Sakala here, but what I'd be saying to these players is, don't panic. 
You've created the chance. You'll create others if you miss them. Just focus on what you're doing and continuing to cause them problems. And don't, it's the old Scottish phrase, I don't lose the heed. But what mm. I'd be saying to him is just make sure that you continue to get into those spaces, to create those opportunities, because eventually, if you create enough, one will go our way. No, you're spot on. And I go back to the the Carter Rickers booking Cammy, which you were talking about at the last league game. That is another example of keep doing what you're doing. Like you put pressure on him yeah, to then, make the mistake in order to get the book. Would have been straight on him. Oh, exactly, yeah, but, exactly, yeah. Simon, exactly. And it, that then goes right. Sit, that was seven minutes. Game plan. Game plan has started off well. You've got one of their defenders on a book and he knows he can't make a, tack, a rash tackle anymore. Keep on him, keep running at him. And you, you seen it at the league game at uh, Ibrox, the 2-2 draw, where Sakala just kept on running at Juranovic yeah. and absolutely played him off the park. Juranovic had no idea how to deal with him. Um, and it, was, it resulted in... The two the two goals uh, that we got and it was fashion who was key in getting the penalty uh, for Tavernier to stick away as well. So we we already have some body of evidence that we are capable of causing the Celtic defence problems. It's about sustaining it, and yeah. w- once we have a proven outcome in the game, whether it be a booking, whether it be a, a chance or a goal, hopefully then it's about not resting on those laurels and then going for more. And that is ultimately where the game will be won or lost. Simon, let's say, yeah, I think that's that's I think that's totally fair. I think that there's a, a big part in there where, you know, even more so because of the fact that we're talking about players who are on bookings and stuff as well, they won't want to be the ones that either A costs the the, the semi-final the treble, the stuff that we've spoken about there, um, but they also will want to miss the final. So I think it's a very, I think it's a narrow line. Whereas I'd be saying to them, um, you know, exactly as I've said there, be the Morelos of all, go out there and 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 have at them and be able to make sure that there's a, uh, you know, you give them problems, you cause them concerns, and as I say, just go, run yourself into the ground for for you know, 90 minutes, 120 minutes, whatever it's for. See if Alfredo Morelos breaks whatever record he had for the amount of kilometres done in the park on Sunday. I would have him sit on a seat for pretty much the entire month of May and then I would bring him back in June. Now, I don't know what shape he would be, right? So I'd have to limit his <laughs> diet. But what I would be saying at that stage is go and just do it. Just go out there and absolutely pick up. But we've spoken a lot a wee bit, you know, I've spoken a lot about, about the... The, the wee issue we have up front, let's talk about the wee issue we have at the back. And um, again, as I say, we're, we're not sure yet in terms of we're not Conor Goldson will feature. Let's um, let's hope for the best, Simon, and, and yeah. uh, but prepare for the worst. And let's say that we do start with um, Ben Davis and John Suter at centre half on Sunday. Tell me what your thoughts are. I know you mentioned uh, Davis a little bit earlier on. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sold on him. Um... I think it's just been a bridge too far from the last couple of weeks, confidence-wise. Aberdeen game, St Man game, he was taken off as well. The game against Celtic at Parkhead, didn't cover himself in glory. League Cup final, again, a couple of goals, I felt. The, the one cut across, they just failed to cut out for the hashy whatsoever. I 
don't think he'll be here longer term, but he's got a role to play um, towards the end of the season. How do we sort this issue if Golson doesn't play? Do we go three at the back? Do we do we put Lundstrom back there with them and bring Kamara into midfield? It's oh, I don't know. It's a really tough conundrum to go with. Personally, I think Golson will make it. Beal, I think will play Davis. I would play Suter personally. Um, I know that he didn't have the greatest of games when he played the left side of defence against Livy at the start of the season. He was a bit of issues off the field going through him at the time as well and nagging injury issues. He seems to be fully fit now. Um, I would be tempted to give Suter that, that, that nod there on the left side of defence alongside Goldson. Uh, apart from that, it's, I've got no really much to say on, on Davies at all. I just feel as if he came in with a big reputation. The price tag is maybe holding him a bit back. Um, I've seen some people giving excuses to this is his first season of top flight football. Nonsense. He's played in the English Championship for years, so he should know what hustle and bustle is all about. And you see sometimes, and he's it's if he's scared to go up for the ball. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, longer term, I think he'll be gone in the summer, but he's probably got a role to play for the rest of the season. On Davies as well, Simon, we went for him very quickly as well mm-hmm. after Bassi left. It was almost like the same week. I was like, was it lined up, yeah. Correctly. So they obviously had done a lot of the due diligence on Ben Davies, how suitable he would have been for the squad. And four, £4 million, I think it was £3 million up front, £1 million yeah. on extras on him, is a big outlay for us, for a defender. It's the most we've spent on a defender. Connor Goldson, I think, was roughly in the similar ballpark. So yeah, with, Holanda, uh, Holanda. So they obviously viewed him, but... I had my doubts because as much as he had played in the English Championship for years, he hadn't really set the heaven on fire down there. I know he was linked to be Celtic, but then ended up going to Liverpool. Didn't play a minute whilst he was there. So it, it was a big gamble at the time to go for him. But they obviously, as I said, had a lot of faith in him. I think you're at the stage now with the amount of scrutiny that he is facing that if Goldson recovers in time for Sunday. I'm I'm with Simon. I would I would play John Suter over him and get get him out the firing line because how his confidence must be yeah. going into this game is one hundred percent up for question. Yeah, it's kind of like it's not as bad as like Quantumman was, but yeah, you can you've got that feeling about him now. Whenever the ball goes up in the air and he's he's misjudging headers and whatnot, it's yeah, it's best to keep him out of firing line for this one. See, I think it's interesting, right? Because I mean, whilst that you know we'll talk about the transition and, and various other things in terms of the comings and goings at Ibrox in future shows, um, you know, as we get closer to the summer and stuff as well. I think what's interesting about the point that you made there, Simon, was that we're talking about whether or not Ben Davies can 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 stay within the role that he's in. And you guys have just mentioned there the outlay, the, the you know, the, the financial aspect of it. It's interesting to me because I think that we do have a lot of players who are going to be heading out the door in the summer. Yeah. I think that there's a question, right? So let's move the money aspect out of it, right? Because especially for the manager, that's just the hand that's been dealt in the run up to all of this. It's the same hand that's been dealt in terms of the uh, the, the contract end dates. You know what I mean? Like, there's no other way of being able to try and get around it. There's guys who have got a year left, and I'm pretty certain he's going to want to get rid of them um, yeah. if he can. And it'll free up space. It could, depending on the deals that are made, etc. it could free up money elsewhere and stuff as well. And I think sometimes what you have to look at when you're talking about Ben Davis is, do you feel that he's been given a sufficient chance to prove his worth? 
And I think that there's a big question mark around that. And if you feel that that is worth consideration, then I think you have to look at games like Sunday to say that's the test. That's mm-hmm. what you're bringing them in for. Now, we'll talk about this in just a moment because I definitely think it's something that we should we should investigate further because a lot of people have said the same thing about Malik Tillman. But Tillman's a potential sign in a £5 million outlay. We've, we've already made that commitment on Ben Davis. Yeah. So are you now talking, Simon, about, well, if you don't trust them and you don't think that it's, you think it's a step too far, okay, that's fine. We may have to play him if Connor Goldson doesn't make it. But if we're not going to be getting rid of him in the summer and the manager still thinks he'll be here for the beginning of 23-24, of I, I think he has to include him. I think he has to involve him. You can't have someone of that no. level, of that expenditure. Let's call it for what it is, right? I do not like putting players next to their financial value because I think it puts unfair pressure on a player. doesn't dictate how much he's, he's worth. The clubs do that. But what I would say, though, is I think it's interesting to think that all of a sudden Ben Davis is is, is expendable in a summer window where I think there's, there's close to five, six, seven, eight players ahead of him that I think that we would get rid of, rid of first. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Hollander's going to go. Um, that's one central defender out the door. Liam King might go out and loan, so that'd be another one uh, that would go out the door. Uh, Davies... Um, what, what do we do with him? That, that's the question. Is he going to be happy to be second, third fiddle um, like Katic was at a time? I don't think so. Um, he's the type of player that will expect to play. He's came with a decent reputation. He did half decent loan spell at Sheffield United uh, from Liverpool as well. He was a regular for Preston for years. So, yeah, he would expect to play. Um, I don't think he'll be coming. He'll have envisaged sitting here, um, fans debating him being dumped for a Scottish Cup semi-final um, or being dumped in total uh, back down to England. And Grant, let's um, let's move that on to Malik Tillman because you know again the conversation about whether or not we sign Tillman is is, is for another uh, another day, right? But I think that this is a guy who I think has got bags and bags and bags of potential. I've been a big Malik Tillman fan for pretty much throughout the course of the season. I do think we should sign him. I, I may you know die on that hill, but I do think that we should sign him. Because I think that there's there's various advantages that we've got as a result of that. I think that he can, uh, I think he's a game changer. I think at times his age is uh, potentially um, his biggest barrier, and he's he's just going to grow older with more experience. And if he can do that at us, brilliant. Because again, it might be the case that the next advantage is that he'll have a tremendous sell-on value. Here's the rub he needs to be able to do it in games against Celtic. So if I'm going to hold the same yardstick to Ben Davis, I need to hold it against Malik Tillman. And I'm sorry, but there's been too many games where he's been a passenger against them. We need to be able to try and and, and see a consistent performance from him in a game that, let's face it, you know, is now our most important game of the season. Which is fair. It's an entirely fair argument to level against them, but at the same time, I would counter that argument with do we fully pin our hopes on someone who is playing their first professional season outside of academy football? Because that realistically is where we are with uh, Malik Tillman. He's had 17 goal involvements across the season. And the qu- I'll bring the point that you said 
Kami into the equation. Do we hold that price tag against them? Well, no, we really, we really shouldn't because, as you said, the clubs are the ones who dictate what a player is worth and they've said that the loan fee is €6 million, Euros, £5 million, whatever it is. So that that's just the reality of the situation, whether or not we agree with that. So the question for me is, are we worse off without them? And the answer to that question is 100% yes. We're nowhere near where we are in terms of finan- of a financial foot in Champions League-wise or in a position league-wise without them. So he's one, for me, I'll... I'll probably die on the hill beside you on this one, but I I would say I would sign him if the budget is available. Again, that's a different question. That's something that's worth a debate of its own. But he does have to step up his performances in the games that matter because, as you've rightly said, he is a game changer. He's someone who can swing the game in our favour with it being an assist, whether it be a, a goal. Now, going back to the Pedrodri game for a second, realistically, we should be talking about him adding another two assists to his tally with the Sakala and the Matondo chances. It's not his fault that those on the end of it can't put the ball in the back of the net, but he done his role in getting us into those key situations, as I alluded to earlier. So th- this is the test for him. I think if he steps up on Sunday, then you view the argument of him signing on a permanent basis completely different to what we did mm-hmm. on Sunday. And if he doesn't, then I think you will have more than a few minds made up on what the next step should be. Yeah, I, I, I think that... I, I'm still, I mean, again, like you say, I'm, I'm I'm trying to do what I can in terms of predicting the future and where we see some of that stuff. But for me, Simon, yeah. you know, I still think he's worth the gamble. I think that, as Grant rightly says, we have to take in various points of consideration when we look at him. For me, the most important thing is if we're going to work within a player trading model that says we're going to buy a player for a... And £5 million is a lot for us, right? Let's not get a, let's not get away from it. We don't have the mega riches that other clubs and other leagues have. If it's the case that we're going to be able to do that, then that's fine because then what we're saying is we're making that commitment towards him. Yeah, he need, needs to think about, and and I I think that the 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 feeling I get from him, and I think the feeling that we get from his people is that he would seriously consider staying here permanently. Um, we obviously have to make that as an attractive proposition as we can, and whether or not that involves the transfer fee, you know, the weekly wage, all the rest of it. But the most important thing I think for us now is that he sees how important this is. And he'll feel, as a lot of the players will within that squad, the sea of change that's going to happen. He knows it's going to get better because of this group being disbanded, the manager being able to imprint what he wants to be able to try, all that kind of stuff. But we still have to have that focus on him being able to play well against Celtic. If he doesn't, I don't know if I would change my mind because I'm just basing it on a semi-final that will be frantic. You know, again, and we don't like repeating it because it's, but it's the truth. You know, Celtic are going to be chasing a treble. That that's a totally different kettle of fish to you know a lot of the old firm games that he would have played in because he'll play in one probably in the league that's going to be a dead rubber anyway. So, it, it, for me, I think it's really important that he, he realizes that although there'll be pressure on him, I think if you start to ease that pressure off of him, I think he starts to come out with more natural flair and ability, and you see what he's capable of when he's slightly more relaxed. No, you're spot on. Um, my mind was made up on him 
two three months ago i wanted to sign him back then um, and i still want to sign him now but sure there's been a couple of games where he's, he's maybe not given his well, i wouldn't say given his all but maybe not came on to a game against celtic he's got two more games to turn it around as you say i mean he's turned it on but, a bit but say that but say that simon against mm-hmm. Put that put that measurement against every player in that Rangers team. Yeah, yeah. I think you could count in one hand the players that, that pass that mark. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So he's not alone in that. No, there, there isn't. There's not many at all. But Grant was right as well about looking back at his age, playing his first real year in top flight football, 20 years of age. His first couple of games, I mean, he helped us into the Champions League, scored a vital goal. So that proved that he's a big game player, scored that goal against USG, had a great game that night. Away to PSV, set up the goal for Cholak. Again, he had a really good game that night as well. So these two teams, USG and, and PSV, arguably on paper, better sides than, than what we're going to face on Sunday. Um, so that is, the, the proof's there that he can do it. I said in the post-match the other day, he's just got to, he's maybe just got to relax a wee bit, as you said, Cammy there, and just, well, it'll come naturally to him. Um, some people might say, well, he's far too relaxed on the pitch, but... It can you can see in his play when he's playing against him too, he's trying a bit too hard to get involved and it's just not coming off. Sometimes when a player relaxes, it does it comes naturally and and, and good things happen thereafter. I've got no doubts that if Tillman can finally click against him, then it'll be a good day for us. And yeah, I would sign him. I mean, I was buzzing from the moment he signed back in um, uh, July August last year um, on loan when I spoke the transfer show about him because we me and the guys had done a good bit of research on him. We knew that he was a, a top prospect coming through the Bayern Academy and just everything about him. He could play up front, he could play that sort of attacking midfield role, he could play wider. So yeah, he's, he's we've still not seen everything from him. There's a lot more to come and let's hope we can get the best out of him over the coming years if he stays. Yeah, I think so. Grant, you in agreement? Yeah, 100%. Um, Cammy, the comparison I keep on seeing with um, Malik is to Joe Aribo in terms of what they give to the team. I think Malik's at an age where he has a lot more growth within him. Um, and to, like the, the argument I keep on seeing being levelled against him is that he wants too much time on the ball, which is an absolutely fair argument. There's been a lot of times where we've seen that he wants that extra touch when he could have either had a shot or moved the ball on or whatever it may be. But that will come in him again as We've all said that it's his first. It's his first real season. He's got a manager who believes in him, and to look at the loan spell overall, it, he went out on loan from Bayern when Julian Nagelsmann was the manager. Now he would have given him whatever assurances he would have given him about what the loan deal would have done for him in terms of his Bayern career. He's now gone. If Bayern falter, like it looks as though they're going to towards now and the end of the season, then Thomas Tuchel's going to be going. So he's got an uncertain situation at Bayern. He's settled at Ibrox. He's got a manager who believes in him. If he wants to make this deal happen, then, yeah, I think it's something we should jump on. And again, as you point, Cammy, if we are going to operate a player trading model, then he's the perfect example of what should actually go right within that. I think yeah. if you bought him for the, the five million, you could probably sell him for eight nine the following day because that, that's that's how good the player is just now. So are Bayern not rumored to have a buyback deal on it? No sign. Yeah, they they could. Yeah, I think yeah, it's they can. Yeah. In like a season, hasn't it? It's, they've got like first. Recruiting. So no, I mean, uh, worst case scenario, you double your money. Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, like you say, I think it's a, it's an argument for another time in terms of what happens. But I think that you know when we 
and whether we like it or not, it's the truth, right? It's going to be based on the games that we play against Celtic. It's not going to be based on the games that you know he might run riot against, you know, Aberdeen, you know, well, Aberdeen, Motherwell, Dundee United, anyone else in that space. It's always about what he's going to be able to do against our league rivals and what he does, as Simon's pointed out, in a European stage. Listen, boys, uh, it's been a great discussion, um, and thank you so much for that. I think we've been pretty open and honest. I think that we've we've remained pretty positive. Uh, we know that it's going to be. A tough game on Sunday. Um, you know, we know they'll be motivated. We need to be able to try and make sure that we not only match them with that, but we also beat them. There's there's various ways that we can be able to try and do that. Just before we uh, we sign off, folks, uh, just a, a little reminder. Um, uh, we've talked a little bit uh, during the show uh, about our Patreon site, so please jump over to patreon.com forward slash heart and hand, where you can get up to five shows a week, uh, five shows a day for as little as £2 a month. It is absolutely fantastic value. You get to listen to myself, Simon, Grant, and a whole host of brilliant podders um, every single day. And we'll keep you updated with everything that's happening. And certainly, even though the football season is starting to wind down, you will not want to miss any of the transfer updates that start to materialise, I'm sure, as as, as the, the summer starts to, to really open up. Simon, in particular, is a big fan of transfers yes. and breaking the news and all that kind of thing as well. So I know you'll be smiling from ear to ear, Mr. Halloran. Thanks thanks so much to our producers in London, Mr. Mike Lee, Mr. Paul Myers. Um, a special thanks to, to my two guests uh, today, Mr. Grant Sneden. Just glad you never asked me for a prediction. Can't be <laughs> no, I would <laughs> do that. In, in all seriousness, absolute pleasure for the many two years as always. So thank you very much. Yeah, I, I I I used to do predictions and all of that kind of thing, and I th- I can't do them for old firm games. I just can't. You go through the roller coaster emotions. We're all about to start doing it. Everybody knows that. And then when you start finishing up your work on a Friday afternoon, and you know that it's a it's a semi final against them at Hamden and all that, you start to go through the whole motions and all that. Everybody does it. If you're not an old firm fan, you don't understand it. And as I say, as Rangers fans, as fanatical as we are about our club, we know that we're about to get there. Simon, I know that you're already starting that that process just now. I can. I can almost already start to feel you thinking about your various different lineups and predictions and all that kind of stuff as well. That's already, and that's just my lineup predictions for what I'm going to have as my pre-match beverages. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, now thanks for having me on, and I'll, I'll see you both on Sunday morning. <laughs> uh, listen, folks, if you're going to the game, uh, stay safe and enjoy it. If you're watching it elsewhere, then as I say, hope you have a brilliant time. I hope that Rangers get a result for you. And then we have got a Scottish Cup final uh, to compete in at the beginning of June. It's been a pleasure to talk to you as always. David will be back with you on Flagship on Monday uh, with all of the, the fallout from Sunday's game. Have a brilliant weekend and hope it's capped off with a brilliant win by Rangers at Hamden. Thank you. Podcast Network.